Do you have something inspiring to say? Have you always known that your voice can contribute to the world? Is now the time? Yes, now is the time. The world is waiting for you. Welcome to the Inspired Choices Network Open Mic Spotlight Show. Today, we have an inspiring guest who is ready to share their voice with the world. Now, on to the show. Woohoo! Here we are, here we are. Welcome to the Open Mic Spotlight Show. I am your host today, Christine McIver. I am thrilled, excited, over the moon, rocking it to interview this amazing person. She is someone who is uh, definitely creating more in the world. She is someone who has ideas all the time. I, I love her energy. She's a very, very dear friend of mine. I feel incredibly blessed to have her in my life, in my business, as also as a host here on the Inspired Choices Network. And I am probably the most excited person to learn something new about her today because every single person that I've been interviewing, whether I know them well or not, I always learn something more. So I'm excited to introduce uh, this amazing woman, uh, Melissa Jelenik, to the world um, under the Open Mic Spotlight Show. Welcome, Melissa. Hello, darling. I like how my name had a French twist to it there. That was nice. <laughs> <laughs> something about your name in my mouth that likes to do a new dance. So I don't know what that is, but I, I play it. with it. It's like a little different every time. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we like to change things up here with Christine and uh, <laughs> when she pronounces your name. <laughs> so I'm going to give everyone your official bio for those of you who know very little or nothing about this wonderful woman. She is the host of The Pleasure Zone, which is a radio show here on the Inspired Choices Network every Monday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Melita has a BA and works in the alternative medicine field. She is also a mitzvah technique teacher, access bars facilitator, body process facilitator, right body for you, uh, taster facilitator, uh, radio show host, and has facilitated greater ease and health in bodies for over 15 years. P.S. She's magic. I'm just telling you. Melissa is an advocate for possibilities. In her private practice, she invites clients to receive who they truly be and to continue to choose more for themselves. Melissa knows that there is something greater for all of us on this planet and plays with bodies to awaken greater possibilities to show up. Melissa's abilities as an intuitive lead, led to a session that is personalized for the client, lends to the session that is personalized for the client. Melissa's keen ability to sense where change is possible and to question what is stuck in the target area creates a very dynamic session that promotes choice, possibility, and change. Melissa has impacted thousands of individuals both in Canada and abroad with her humor, kindness, gentleness, potency, and intensity. Melissa's approach is playful, fun, and direct. She is willing to be whatever energy and space is required for the change you desire. Melissa offers sessions which involve shifting energy through energy work, body manipulation, and verbal processes. And you can connect with Melissa on her website at... Melissa, what is your website? That would be www.melitzajelenik.com. Wow, I know the www threw you off because <laughs> I'm like, what? Why are you saying that? 
Because I like to, because, you know, and some some of them start with HTTP colon backslash backslash <laughs> no other www. So I'm letting you know it's officially www. <laughs> well, thank God for your officially. <laughs> Melissa, you know, I, I absolutely love playing with you. And um, I do not want to joke about the impact that you are in the world. Um, I, I really do want people to get the contribution you are to to bodies. And, um, you know, when we're putting out whatever we put out in the world, people start to say, oh, that's, this person does this or this person does that. And I think one of the, the greatest things that um, that people don't know a ton about you is the absolute amazing gentleness coupled with potency you are with bodies like it is you touch my body at whether it's just on you know putting your hand on my wrist or your hand on my back or running my bars or whatever it is my whole body just goes oh. like you can literally hear my body do that it's like wow she really likes her <laughs> yeah, and you I like are, bodies you do like bodies. It's so phenomenal. So, Melita, tell tell all of our listeners, where did you grow up? Where were you raised? What did that look like in your life? Cool. Um, I grew up in Toronto um, for the most part. Uh, I was actually born, born there. Yeah, yeah, I was born in Toronto. Um, right downtown at the Mount Sinai Hospital. Actually, I had a my the funny part about my birth is my mom's my mom kept on saying that I was due in January, uh, but I was born on March second. So my mom insists that I was like five or six weeks late. <laughs> she claims that because I was such a large baby, I was like ten and a half pounds. So it was quite funny that she like always insists on telling people that like yeah, but you were two months late. That's impossible, mother. Unless I'm an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> So that always cracks me up when I think about where was I born? Well, I have a story pre that because <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was born in Toronto. Um, and when I was about four years old, my uh, mom actually grabbed us, uh, threw, put us in a car, packed up the entire house in three hours and took off. We were semi-abducted by my mom. And uh, that is when my parents got separated. And I moved to the Niagara area. <laughs> so. Okay. So you're in the yeah. Niagara area. And yeah, so you for grew a couple up there. Years. Yeah. Okay. For for about a year, two years, I was living there with my grandmother. Uh, we, were, we weren't totally in hiding from my dad. We were just, uh, my mom just needed somewhere to go to. Uh, so we were there. And then we went back to Toronto. So most of my life I've lived in Toronto. But I did go to university um, in Windsor, Ontario. And now I live... In the opposite direction, I live in El Dorado. So I've moved a lot in my life. I One day I counted, it was like over 23 times I've moved in my life. <laughs> I, I still have you beat, so we'll have to compare notes someday. <laughs> <laughs> so how long, so El Dorado is where, um, as far as uh, in Ontario, how would people understand where that is? Yeah, so for for outsiders, for you know people who are aware of major cities in uh, Canada, I'm like smack dab in the middle between Toronto and Ottawa. 
Okay. Literally smack dab in the middle. So yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. So you you when did you get first get uh, introduced to um, the energy work and the intuitive work? So you did intuitive work first, did you not? Before you started working with yeah. bodies. I did. So when I was about eleven, I. Uh, I was kind of young. Uh, and as about 11, I was really interested in all things uh, metaphysical. And I would search the library. Like, I really didn't like reading, but when I did find a book that I liked reading, it always had a metaphysical twist to it. Like, um, people who were doing, um, uh, like, channeling or prolonging their life with, like, elixirs. Like, I liked witchy things, and I was really, that's what, uh, kind of intrigued me, and my mom started noticing that I was interested in this stuff and introduced me to a friend of hers who was a psychic who would insisted that I was going to be a psychic, and I kept on insisting I was going to be a vet. So, Well, that's interesting. So yes. you wanted to be a vet as you, as you, uh, as you were growing up. I, I didn't know that, so see, I have learned something already. <laughs> so yeah. you wanted to be a vet when you were growing up. And I did, so, yeah. did, so did, would you say that your mom pushed you into the intuitive work? No, not so much. My mom was never a pusher um, that way at all. Um, she she would notice what I was like babbling in and always had this amazing ability, capacity to um, find teachers for me. So um, like with with the, the psychic lady, um, she brought me there when I was fairly young, but the lady, uh, you know, she would let me watch and she would let me play with stuff, but she wouldn't do readings for me until I was a little older. I think I, I think the, her rule was I had to be 14. Uh, so I think it was like the day I turned 14, I went for a reading. Um, but I'd been secretly going for readings. I would take like a, whenever we would have a day off school, I'd take all my spare little cash and I'd walk down the street to the, to the local psychic and get a card reading or get a, uh, crystal ball reading. I, you know, I take take my money, my whole five dollars, and get a reading done by anybody. Like I was so intrigued by all of that, <laughs> and uh, it was so ironic that I just wanted them to say yes. You, you will marry, you know, Davy, whatever Davy with Simchuk, because I was in love with him, <laughs> and I just wanted to hear that I was going to marry Davy Simchuk, and I was going to be a vet. Davy, Davy, if you're listening, give us a call. We would love to hear. <laughs> Have you ever spoken to Davy about this? No, no, I haven't. <laughs> oh my gosh, wouldn't it be awesome if Davy was listening right now? It really would be cool. I probably spent a good like between grade seven and eight, probably a good like thirty or forty dollars going to the psychic to find out if I would marry him or not. So oh, yes, it would be good to hear from you, Davy, because I didn't marry you, damn it. Just do you do you think Davy could chip in some money for all of that? That'd be really great because with inflation and everything, I'm looking at like a couple hundred, I think. I don't know. And the you know, oh my God, is he still out there? No, I don't have that anymore because I couldn't hardly remember his last name. But I had oh a lot gosh. of crushes. That's but very very Chuck, fun. Yeah, he was hardcore. I mean, he could he could roller skate. Uh, like he had skateboards and stuff, and he was skilled. And he had like the he was a full on skater, sexy little thing. I just adored him. So yeah. <laughs> Did Davey know this? Um. 
I don't think Davy did because everybody thought I had a crush on. Well, I had like six crushes going at any given time because I didn't want to like. Well, I just did because I just was in love with half the boys in school. Um, but Davy was like secretly my favorite, so <laughs> he didn't know. Well, I don't think he ever knew. That really doesn't surprise me that you had a crush on many people. I think that that translated over into your adult life because you really do love a lot of people. Um, one of the, the capacities that I know that you have is to see the kindness and the sweetness and the gentleness in everyone. And um, it's like you're a raving fan of, of all the people that you meet. Uh, truthfully, I've watched you. And the gentleness that you be with people is phenomenal. And not that you couldn't, you know, take somebody out if they tried to attack somebody you loved, but you, <laughs> you truly, yeah, you, you truly do have this, uh, this, this love and kindness towards all beings, um, which is, which is a rare. And, uh, I'm asking for more of that to show up in the world because that would be an amazing, amazing thing to have. Melita, um, what, What's your favorite memory as a child? Mm. That's neat. Um, I have so many, but I have to say my my very one of my very favorite memories was walking into Disney World at the age of six. I think it was about six or just turning seven, and I was wearing spectacular high heels. That was great. That was a great day. <laughs> so I had these like beautiful white high heels on, and they so didn't function for you know, going to Disney World, but I didn't care because I felt so awesome in them. <laughs> it's so me. It's like, it's just so the epitome of me that it's like, I'm at this spectacular place, you know, and I'm like, oh, this is so awesome. And yet I could barely walk around because I had to be like dressed in my finest. So it's so funny. <laughs> oh, wow. And if anybody knows Melissa and knows her beautiful daughter, um, the apple does not fall anywhere far from that tree. <laughs> so, that's absolutely for sure. Okay, we are already up to our first break. How did that happen? When we get back, I have some very specific questions for our guest today, and we're going to dive in to learn more about Melissa Jelinek. Uh, when we get back, you're listening to the Open Mic Spotlight Show here on the Inspired Choices Network station. We'll be right back. Do you have something inspiring to say? Would you like a taste of being one of our inspired hosts? Get on the air on the Inspired Choices Network Open Mic Spotlight Show. The Open Mic Spotlight Show is your time to shine and inspire our global audience. Shows air at 9 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday each week. Claim your spot today. Simply contact our network owner at info at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Forget the days of five minutes of fame. Now you can have 55 minutes of fame. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your 
yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melissa every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You are listening to the Open Mic Spotlight Show here on Inspired Choices Network. To call in and ask questions, call 815-880-8255 in the U.S., 613-800-8736 in Canada, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to Christine McIver on the Open Mic Spotlight Show, and today my guest is Melita Jelinek. Melita is an amazing person that has been creating greater in the world um, for, I'm going to say, 30-plus years, uh, mainly in Ontario, but she connects with people all over the world. Melita, one of the things that um, you do brilliantly is, is really creating connections with individuals. Um, I've watched you do that in person, and I, I've watched you do that with people all over the world through social media, which is phenomenal. You have such an ease with communication. Do you think that that's where um, your communication with bodies kind of started with that ease as well? Uh, you know, I actually didn't always have ease with connecting with people. That, for me, was um, was actually really difficult. It's something that I chose to step into it was it was actually one of the toughest things for me in school was to relate to people I desperately desired to connect with people I desperately desired to have friends and like I always felt like an outsider um and and I was always trying to create like groups of people so I'd invite everybody to everything and then like nobody would show up and I'd be like oh but I don't understand it um, so I, I never really felt that I had like total ease with it um, until I started to um, use the tools of access and that actually created a lot more for me because it wasn't always ease for me actually at all. And connecting with bodies wasn't always something that I knew was ease for me. I, I had, um, I really didn't like people. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh, now we're getting to the good stuff. Now we're getting yeah. to the good stuff. Tell us more. <laughs> yeah, I think I, you know, I was like the kid who, because I felt so alone, like most of the time, um, I would find that I, I would have like, if somebody would be my friend, I was like, okay, I'll have you as a friend. I wasn't really like in a place where I would go, I'd like to have you as a friend. And that person would say, yes, I'd like to have you as a friend back. Like that's only really just recently started for me. I would just you know, take, okay, anybody, anybody who was willing to talk to me, I'd be your friend um, because I was so freaking lonely. And so I didn't like people because I felt so rejected all the time, like massively rejected. So really wasn't fun for me. where did that start? Like, it, it feels like chicken and egg to me. So was it that um, people didn't like you right away or was it that you were afraid of people or didn't like people? Like, what did you notice first as a child? Or now, looking well, back, what do you know? Yeah, so looking back, what I'm aware of now is that I was really aware of them, and I would start to mimic their faces and stuff to them, like Christine knows. Like, I have a lot of facial expressions, and they're not, like, I can't hide them and stop them. They just happen. 
Uh, <laughs> and I find a lot of the times I'm actually mimicking people's emotions back to them with my face. Um, oh. And so I would get a lot of, um, you know, people going, why are you looking at me like that? And I was like, I can't, I can't even stop it or help it. <laughs> it's just, it's what my face does. Um, so I was doing a lot of like cute things like that, which, you know, mimicking people's judgments of themselves, um, mirroring that kind of stuff back to them. And, and I, and then of course I was like, why, what's wrong with me? I don't know why I'm doing this. I can't help it. Um, and I would feel really bad. So I'd rather just hide, um, than have Uh. people look at my face, right? It's like, oh great, I'm going to mimic you. And then you're going to judge me for mimicking you. And it's like so backwards, but I, I know I did it even as like a really little kid because my whole family loves bringing out pictures of me and going, oh, look, look, you were always grumpy. I'm like, wow, I didn't. I don't remember being grumpy. I remember being like watchful, um, aware. I remember being aware of people and I just really had no desire to uh, be fake in any way. Like I didn't smile if I wasn't really happy. Um, And it wasn't that I was sad. It wasn't that I was like feeling exuberant. Like people around me were, I had a depressed dad. I had a mom at the time probably going through depression. Um, Actually, my dad was my labeled bipolar at some point. So um, I had I had a lot of like stuff around me that just would reflect in my face as I didn't have a lot of smiles happening. Um, right. But I didn't feel necessarily miserable. I just didn't okay. feel like inspired to smile. So so yeah. you were you were just super super aware of where everybody else was operating from. Yeah, and not having words for it. Yeah. Right, and and your face was mimicking it. It's like it kind of. I just got a flash of a baby, you know, when 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 we're teaching a baby different things and they're laughing and playing and stuff. Babies will actually begin to mimic our faces, right? And and so that smiles and yeah, yeah, and mimic our laughs and and all the rest of it. And you were doing that um, based on your awareness with with what was going on around you, with the people around you. Interesting, and then that spilled over into um, kids, kids seeing this and and yeah. questioning what the heck you were doing, which then created this lack of self confidence in you. Yeah, it, it was pretty wild. It really turned into a tumbleweed effect. Like, so looking at that, right? Like, there's so many places in our lives that we actually have these capacities, right? Like that it was a capacity that I could mimic people quite easily. Um, you know, to the point my mom did, my mom was aware that I could mimic and I could do faces and I could do accents like super fast. Like if I heard a person do an accent, I could do their accent right away. Um, and she was aware of it. So she actually, and I was telling you about this the other day, Christine, she actually took me for um, an audition to be on uh, in an ad, right? Just because she, she was right. aware that I had these capacities. But um we didn't take it much further after that. I just judged the crap out of myself for not getting the first job that I tried out, so right. I didn't and try again. As one would, you know, we just judge yes. the hell out of ourselves <laughs> and we go from there. Cool. Yeah, that's not yeah. always the best choice, but we do that. So, oh, wow. Isn't that interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, cute, really cute, cute, cute right? being. Well, I just think that that's a really fascinating piece that I've never heard you speak to before. And uh, if people are listening... And they have young children. Um, maybe some of that's going on for their children. Um, you know, a couple of kids, young children, I can think of that. Just maybe something I'll contribute to their parents because that's uh, 
that's pretty cool that that's what was going on for you and, and how it started to, I'm going to say, kind of, you know, kick you in the butt with it uh, and how that created some angst So in your life. So, Melissa, so you're going along. When did that start to change for you? Like, how old were you when, when that self-confidence started to shift and you started to, you know, start connecting with people? It's not that I had a lot of self-confidence, but uh, part of it was that um, in the community that I grew up in, Serbian community, um, you know, for the most part, most kids ended up going to dance um, dance lessons. And in that, we also learned poetry. So, so I started to be in front of crowds, and that's when it started to... I realized that I needed to connect and and I was aware too like looking back now I'm aware that my dad was aware that I wasn't connecting with audiences I'd be in front of everybody but I wouldn't connect with anybody I would just like retract so my dad would be in the audience making faces at me and getting me to smile getting me to like connect at least with him and then and then I, I as I started to be willing to connect with more than one person I found that I wouldn't screw up so much I didn't know what I was doing. I just realized that I needed to look at more than my dad in the audience, right? When I was connecting with people. And then I could actually have more ease in my body. I could actually relax. And then, you know, I wouldn't mess up the steps or whatever. Because, you know, it's a funny thing dancing in front of a crowd that doesn't know your steps. And and then you're, like, picking up that they don't know what you're doing and you don't know what you're doing. And then you're like, what? So, yeah. For dancers out there, if you do find you're messing up, I just wonder if uh, you're really tapping into the fact that the crowd doesn't actually know what you're doing either. <laughs> yeah, that's really quite interesting. So everybody's yeah. aware of each other, and then it's creating this craziness. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's, that did, though, start to shift stuff. Like being in front of people really, um, you know, it was like forced, in a way, forcing me to get, over my fears of of shyness, of hiding. Um, and I did a lot of poetry on stage, even like starting at the age of four. So um, I'd be up wow. there doing like four, yeah, four or five poems in front of a crowd of like two or three hundred. So I was like really out there. Wow, girl, I didn't know that. Yeah. We're going to have to, yeah. we're going to have to hear one of those poems. Of, did you got any of those handy, Melissa? They're, they're all in Serbian, but I can do one for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Okay, before we get to the poem, um, okay. tell me, Lisa, what is inspiration to you? Oh, that was great. I was actually speaking with Carol Reinley the other day about that. And for me, inspiration is literally when I wake up in the morning and I choose, and I choose, like I'm choosing to be here. This is inspiration for me. Um, it's really that simple. It's like I chose to wake up. Now what? Um, so that for me is like choosing to be alive is inspiration. Um, you know, sometimes people are looking for the big thing that, um, you know, knocks their socks off or, you know, is this thing that's going to maybe make them a million dollars. For me, it's like, um, inspiration is choosing to wake up, open my eyes and see the world. So it's really, really simple for me. Yeah. That's fabulous. So what inspires you about you? (laughs) <laughs> my tenacity like I definitely have a I'm going for it even if it kills me kind of attitude uh, less of the kill me part than I had before Please. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I do have a, a a tenacity and that's something that um I know everybody 
uh, who knows me uh, in my family, they're all like, have known that about me since I was little. If I desired something, I would bulldoze people to get it. So there was no stopping in that way. Um, but when I would be rejected by other people, I would, I would be so enormously crushed. Like all that force going out, right? That kind of intense right. way of being. And then somebody goes, no, for me, it was like a wall that I would hit and it would like literally knock me down. So when people would receive it, though, I was like a freaking bull, like just like a wild bull just going for it. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah. Tenacity, for sure. Tenacity. I like that. I like that about you. I, I see you saying yes, 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 and, and, and choosing forward all the time. But I didn't know that part about the, the bull part. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> Um, so Melissa and I met in Vancouver, physically in this lifetime, in Vancouver. What year was that, Melissa? 2014? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, 2014. Um, so we've only known each other a few short years, and I have the honor and the privilege to have her be a part of my business, as well as be on the uh, Inspired Choices Network uh, as a host. And working with Melissa is a huge pleasure, and there's so much ease, and yet I know that you have these these things in your heart, in in your desires um, that probably most people don't know about. Um, I'm I know there are things I don't know. Um, so when we get back from break, I'm going to ask you some questions um, that are popping around that, and uh, see what else we can dive into, and see what else Melita is going to share with all of us. So stay tuned, everyone. You're listening to the Open Mic Spotlight Show with my guest Melita Zielinik today on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back. Do you have something inspiring to say? Would you like a taste of being one of our inspired hosts? Get on the air on the Inspired Choices Network Open Mic Spotlight Show. The Open Mic Spotlight Show is your time to shine and inspire our global audience. Shows air at 9 a.m. on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday each week. Claim your spot today. Simply contact our network owner at info at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Forget the days of five minutes of fame. Now you can have 55 minutes of fame. Many of us have created a lot of limitations around sex and what we are willing to choose. What else is possible beyond what we have already seen, heard, or thought of? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual revolution? Taking the taboo out of all aspects of sex, sexuality, and copulation by tuning in to the Pleasure Zone radio show with body whisperer Milica Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow your to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You are listening to the Open Mic Spotlight Show here on Inspired Choices Network. To call in and ask questions, call 815-880-8255 in the U.S., 613-800-8736 in Canada, or Skype us at Inspire Choices Network. Now back to the show. 
Welcome back, everyone. We are speaking with Melita Jelinek today. Before we dive back into some questions I have for you, Melita, tell everyone listening what you are creating in the world and how they can connect with you and what you offer to others. Oh, I'm creating a lot of crazy fun things in the world. <laughs> so, well, for the most part, I regularly create uh, Access Bars classes, so that's something that you can find on the Access Consciousness website when you look me up, uh, or you can find it on my website uh, as well. I am creating, um, in the future, I've got a little thing I'm creating. A little could be big, who knows? Um, it is a, it's going to be called the, oh, I have a name for it too, um, Parenting the Next Generation. So that's going to be like a tele-summit coming uh, probably in March-ish. And um, for those of you who have quirky senses of humor and you like puppets, like I know some <laughs> people are afraid of puppets, but if you like puppets, you can uh, check out my my favorite puppet on the planet next to Miss Piggy is my very own Kiki. And she has a page on Facebook called uh, Kiki Svesnost, which uh, Svesnost in Serbian means consciousness. And so Kiki for consciousness on on uh, Facebook. And also you can find uh, those on YouTube under my name as well. So that's a lot of fun for me. Uh, and I know there's other things I'm creating. There's just so many things that I sometimes forget what I'm creating, <laughs> along with the pleasure zone and who knows and what else is possible. So tell us about this parenting seminar. Uh, Seminar? No. Telesummit. Sorry. Uh, well, uh, Telesummit, right. <laughs> yeah, <funny>. so <laughs> I was getting one day that a lot of people, even people I know who are um, in access consciousness, we all have amazing different tools uh, for parenting, and I thought it would be really fun to uh, have different um, looks at, at uh, you know, coming from a parenting standpoint, you know, single parenting, parenting with... Um, you know, or, you know, having been a teen parent, like, there's so many different aspects. I'd like to, I'm, like, really interested in talking to people about their experience and um, what they've used as tools for uh, surviving their children. Oh, I like that. Just what you said there, surviving your children. I think I could, I could probably have a little bit of input on that one. Yes, you could. Well, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. I, you know, one of the things when I coach with people, um, you know, a lot of people that will come to me just for doing individual private coaching, um, they're often having challenges or struggling in one of three areas, um, relationships, parenting, or money. And I say to people, you know what, give yourself a break because the three things we don't learn about in school is how to be in a relationship, how to be a parent, and how to deal with money. <laughs> and yes. it's like... You know, what would it take if we actually had more education, uh, more information, more choice available to learn about that? So I'm looking forward to this um, to this summit big time. So, um, and again, Melita's website is melitazjelinek.com. You can definitely find it in the post of this uh, radio show. And as Melita said, you can find her Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. You know, she's everywhere. She's just everywhere. And, of course, That's on the true. Inspire Choices Network. <laughs> um, so, Melita, tell me, what what is important to you in the world? Hmm. Um, I'd say that's an interesting question because it's changed a lot over time. Um, at one point, what was important to me was surviving. 
Um, and now what's important to me um, is is really like one of the most important things is when I get to see sparkle in people's eyes. I, I love when I see that and like people literally get a sparkle. And I love that for me is important to find that sparkle, to see it in other people and and to like tease it out of them. That's my that's one of the most important things for me is to tease that sparkle into existence. So how do you tease a sparkle out? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> so I find it's different for everybody, but I think like some some people don't have like some people just don't laugh a lot. And so even in in uh, my bodywork sessions, I I found um like I uh, I'll use uh, one woman that I worked with before Christmas as an example. Uh she'd been kind of bedridden for a while. Um but I find that that I can, generally speaking, not offend people and bring up something that'll make them laugh. Uh, they can laugh at themselves, and then um, then the sparkle comes back. And I, uh, this one woman in particular, after I worked with her, I got an email back from her her daughter saying, "Thank you, sparkle has come back in my mom's eye." I was like, "Thanks, that's exactly what I was hoping for." Wow. And what else is possible? Um, and I was just teasing her about like. You know, she was having lack of mobility in her hips. I'm like, what if you started grinding a little bit, you know, get down and get dirty? Maybe that'll get your hips moving again. And she just laughed and laughed. I was like, right? Like, that's what your body like would really like to do. So, Well, you know, and, and it doesn't have to necessarily be with it, putting another body part together with somebody else. It, you know what? Moving those hips and... And changing things up, maybe that will put the sparkle back in. That is fabulous. What is it for you when you see the sparkle in some? What do you know when you see that sparkle come out? Or what, you know, what drives that desire? Besides it's enjoyable to see somebody else sparkle, what drives that for you? Oh, so when somebody else is sparkling, for me, it's like, oh, cool, now we can connect. Now you're awake and you're alive and we can be friends and what can we create now? Like, that's what drives it for me. It's like, when I see that sparkle, I'm like, cool, you're here, you're awake. Now what can we create? Like, that is always... uh I always in, uh, like to include myself in it because, you know, all those years of exclusion, I'm like, hey, how can I be part of this? Even like when I hired myself in your business, I like, I include myself with other people. I forgot. I forgot <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, my God. Yes, tell everyone how you did that. Yeah, uh, Christine was saying one day, she was like, oh, I'm really tired or something. You you were having like a lot of stressors going on. I said, okay, I'm hiring myself to do your social media. And you were like, what? Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, really? You know, because, you know, I'm one of these eternal, I have to do it all, you know, talk about a bull in a china shop, you know, and uh, that was a big challenge for me. And uh, when when people first started to want to work for me, because I would go into the, oh, what's this going to cost me and all of that. And I can honestly say when you said that to me, that did not occur in my world. I, I was kind of in a beyond initially because I was like, really, she wants to do this? And And so that's where I was. And there was just no question about the money never even popped into my head. Uh, which has been, you know, you definitely got me over uh, a big area of receiving of people wanting to contribute 
to me and my world and my business, and it has created so much ease for me and a lot more play. It's so much more fun to create with other people. So I get when you say <laughs> what that sparkle does for you. It's like, yeah, please. <laughs> <laughs> so, Melita, tell me, you know, you, you love to see the sparkle in people. What do you know changes for them when the sparkle starts? So sometimes the sparkle will be like where they're, um, you know, choosing more into life. But I've also seen the sparkle in people, like I facilitated a woman one uh, a while, a couple, a while back, a year or two ago, um, who had had, uh, who had cancer in her body. And um, when I was asking her some questions, she truly, truly desired to leave her body. And even in that choosing of leaving her body, she had a sp- when I asked her one question and she said, I really would like to be with my husband and my mom and they've left their bodies. Um, and she just lit up. She just like was so at ease, at, at peace with her choice. So I know that that's what it is for people is that sparkle comes in, even if you're not choosing light, like you're not choosing embodiment, the sparkle comes in because you've hit the jackpot on what you desire. Ah, I like that. Wow, I've, you've never said it that way before that I've heard. No, I haven't. You've, so thank you. You've hit, <laughs> hit, yeah. You thank you. You've hit the jackpot on what you desire. Wow, how amazing is that? How many more people, Melita, are looking for you to tickle the sparkle out of them so they can hit the jackpot on what they desire? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that should be my new title, right? <laughs> I think it is. And um, <laughs> Melissa, yeah, and our amazing producer, Keisha Clark, just got that in the chat room for us. So we're going to be holding on to that one. Absolutely. Wow. Okay. And uh, I've just got this huge energy of, of possibilities just popped up in my world. With, I wonder how many people are going to be. <laughs> it's very exciting. My body and, feels oh my gosh. I love it. And that's so funny because just a couple of weeks ago, you and your beautiful daughter created some 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 different types of uh, sparkle dust, didn't you? We really did. We created all kinds of fairy dust, including one that is for um, magical toots. That <laughs> when you sparkle it, sprinkle it on your body, that your toots actually become so musical that it's like a symphony to people's ears, and they both smile and giggle at the same time. Not at you, but at the music that your farts are. <laughs> awesome. Oh my gosh, you're amazing. <laughs> the play that you have in the world, <clears throat> do you find that a lot of people actually judge you as if you're not taking life seriously? Yes. Usually it's like, oh, you're not being yourself. I'm like, really? This is me being me when I'm like creating insane things. <clears throat> like laughing at farts, like that is, you're really getting me. <laughs> so, uh, I find when I'm not being me, it's when I'm trying to overthink something. Um, right. But if you're getting crazy me, that's me. <laughs> so, crazy me is me. Yeah, crazy, so, can be crazy, sexy, could be intense, could be, but generally if I'm overthinking, then it's like, yeah, I'm in my brain. When I'm When I'm like in my body, my whole body, and I'm expanded, that's fun. That's really fun. Right. That's it's phenomenal. And when you're not in that space of play and crazy and and joy and silly, um is there a contraction in your world? Are you like do you feel like you're having to push things forward? 
Oh yeah, it's it's like uh, in martial arts they call you know things with ease is like the tai chi of movement. You know, you're moving with the energy, and when you're not, it's like having a, a like a dam that stops the energy from moving. And so, um, yeah, like I like being in the tai chi movement of my life. It's way more fun. The Tai Chi movement of your life. That's pretty cool. So you're also a martial arts expert. Tell well, us I'm not an where... expert. I can't say that technically. Oh, but okay. yes. Okay. I have what, what are you? <laughs> uh, I have a second degree black belt in an art called okay. Nimpo Tai Chi. <laughs> so second degree black belt in, well, it does in my world. So I'm saying that okay. you are. <laughs> Comparative to those of us who don't have even one belt, Having a second black belt is uh, pretty amazing, girl. So when did you start doing martial arts? Uh, 2004. Um, So in 2000, I went to Europe, and my body uh, chose to be violated. And after that, uh, I know that sounds fucked up for those of you listening, but if you really want to talk to me about it, you can. So um, after that, I was in a bit of a place where I was like, never again. I was in a lot of resistance and reaction. Um, and I started looking for what I what I could do energetically, what I could do physically, what was possible. And then um, I ended up in a martial arts class. And, and it was great. It actually contributed to me having my daughter because the sensei, is my daughter's sperm donor and so I'm grateful for him for that and <laughs> the martial arts instruction which was great because it actually allowed me to save my life against him so yay thank you mm-hmm. nice and it's interesting that there you go again with bodies yeah there you go again with bodies again something else with bodies so I find I find it very interesting how involved you are um, with bodies, with the joy, with seeing the sparkle in people. Um, you are amazing on the computer as well. There's you have this capacity in creating on the computer that a lot of like a lot of ease around it, and a, and a lot of play around it as well. You you create these beautiful graphics for the the network for all of our hosts and it they're gorgeous they're absolutely gorgeous so you really do have um you bring this energy of playfulness in in it it's amazingly creates in the world and i just absolutely love that um melita tell me what is your message for 2017 <laughs> that's a great question my message for 2017 um it's kind of like this. It's like, do or die. Choose or go home. It's kind of like this. this Wow. For me, it's like, yeah, it's pretty intense. It's like, um, I get that there's this massive intensity on the planet, and a lot of people are in that energy of do or die, uh, or choose or forget it, you know, walk away, create or die. Like Gary Douglas had a a telecall a couple of years ago called create or die. And I feel that energy is like super present right now on the planet. So yeah, it is like that. What got you to this? What got you? Um, So my demand for actually creating more for my life and what that could possibly create for everyone else that I know um, that's what got me to that. It's like I could either be really freaking small or I could change something. And I have to say, like, I've had 
facilitation with you being in um, foundation class this weekend. I've had had this like uh, kind of energy that's come up since the foundation class. It's very much like, okay, create on sister or walk the hell out of this life. But it's, it feels more like I'm choosing the create on sister rather than the walking away. So, and it's more fun. It doesn't have like a push behind it. So if you guys are feeling like, oh my God, that feels really like a push. It's more of like an intensity of choice and living rather than like an intensity of being knocked over or pushed into something. Mm. So did you have you found that you've required this intensity to move move in a new direction in your life? Um I think part of the intensity is is who I actually be. So yeah, like I as a being I'm not uh I'm not like uh totally submissive like I have an intensity about me for sure and that's part mm-hmm. of why I think you know even as a kid people thought I looked grumpy all the time. I was really intense like intensity of being in space and all of that and i i see that in kids and people will judge it as oh you're shy or you're angry it's like what's they're just really intensely aware and and so i get that i i'm allowing myself to be that intensity where i was maybe um in the last you know in the last few years i've been choosing to be more of the intensity of me rather than um skirting it or trying to be soft or had this illusion of right. what like sexy women was and maybe sexy woman isn't being um you know overly soft maybe it's being me right so that's I'm including that now in my life more I like that I really like that um it feels like when you weren't willing to have that intensity um that you were doing sexy as opposed to being um yeah. you know that the intensity that you can be, I've seen you be intense and it doesn't freak me out. It doesn't have me pull away. It actually draws me in um, that your demand uh, to be present, to create something greater, you know, it, it can be, it can come through you being gentle. It can come through you being um, in all different ways that you are, um, I, you know, it feels to me like you've opened up um, your willingness to receive you totally and completely in whatever way that shows up. Yeah, I, I definitely have a sense of that. And it's, uh, it's very exciting, actually, for me, <laughs> because the more I've been choosing to be the intensity of me, um, my lover husband has found me like exponentially more attractive even um, I didn't even know that was possible. I thought it was the most sexy I could be to him. But um, actually, the more I've been like intensely being me, the more um, he's been like, "Ooh, hi! What are you?" I'm like, "Wow, who are you? And how does it get any better than this?" Wow! <laughs> Very fun. Yeah. What a lucky, 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 smart, smart, smart man. <laughs> And how lucky and smart am I to have invited him into my life? <laughs> so. Right? Yeah. yeah. You're, you've, you've got an ease. So your radio show, uh, The Pleasure Zone, um, I know because I work with you and because, you know, people have asked me questions and stuff, I know that people immediately go to, oh, it's all about sex. And, sure they do. Uh, <laughs> right? And yeah. if... I, I would really love to see more people um, 
really ask, like, is that true when they when they look at that? And and I would really love for people to come in and, and to participate more in your shows. The show you did last week, and I know it was a very vulnerable show for you. Honest to God, it was one of the most beautiful shows that I have ever heard you do. And I have, you've been on the station now for two years, right? Yeah, two and a half, yeah. Coming up half. three in July, yeah. What? Yeah, Are you sure? third year anniversary, July. I'm serious, it's coming up. <laughs> I can't keep track, I'm telling you. I Time know, really it's wild. <laughs> it's wild to me. I had to think about that the other day when I was doing the interview with Carol Reinley, and I was like, wow, it's actually almost three years. Holy smokes. Wild. We've got to have a big party soon, I'm telling you. All of the hosts get together in a physical space. Oh, my God, that would be so much fun. Love it. Naked but- retreat. Woo. <laughs> so, so you joke a lot about sex. Uh, you don't have points of view about sex. A lot of people do. And I, you're an invitation to looking at it uh, differently. And your show is far more than just talking about sex. It, uh, the parallels that you make on that show to life and to where we limit ourselves in every area is phenomenal. And last week's show, as I said, so last week's show was February the, what was the date, Melissa? February the 6th, right, February the 6th, 2017, and it was called Quickies, and it is nothing like people would imagine. Uh, I love that show. I want to listen to it again and again. It was phenomenal. What is your target with your uh, radio show, Melissa? So my target is to reach audiences of people who maybe have a lot of judgment of their own bodies, judgment of what they're creating in the world, judgment of where they think they're less than, uh, to reach them, to contribute to them, for them to like wake up to get that sparkle. So if my show is a way of people getting a sparkle, that's awesome. That's what I'd love to love to gift. Fabulous. Well, whatever it takes, I I certainly hope that people find you and um, tap in and and play with you because you are definitely someone who is a a sparkle, a taste that's not out there that we definitely could use a lot, lot more of. So I'm grateful that you're in my life and I wish you an amazing week. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Tap in next show. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Open Mic Spotlight Radio Show. We will be here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Mountain, and 6 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, continue to create you with joy and inspiration.